So there is a lot of talk and a lot of texts coming in about the possibility of it. <laughs> Some people not taking it that seriously, although I do really quite like the one from Tony. He says, guys, could, could we use catapults and nets to get across Cook Strait? It would be a lot cheaper. You're right there. quick. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, could it actually happen? And let's just put the cost to one side for a moment. Could it actually happen? Would it be doable? A lot of people are saying they'd never travel because of our exposure to the fault line in this country. You know, we are on that Pacific Rim. People say they'd never feel confident um, in a channel-like thing connecting our two islands. So they on have the, one in Japan connecting the two do, islands. Exactly. And it's working fine. So at the uh, University of Canterbury in the engineering department, the professor there is Alessandro Polemo, and he joins us on the line there. Hello, professor. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Good yeah. afternoon. Well, let's cut straight to the chase here, professor. Is it possible, uh, hypothetically, to put a, a channel-like um, tunnel between the North and South Island? Uh, I think it's possible, but obviously it's challenging. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, I think the the shortest, the narrowest point is, uh, I think, is twenty three kilometers. So, yeah. uh, this is something that can be can be done in terms of length for for a bridge or a tunnel. And uh, the depth of the of the water is around, I think, it's one hundred thirty meters. So. The technology for floating uh, bridges or tunnels, uh, which is sort of uh, is a sort of a floating foundation, which is then anchored to the ground, yeah. uh, is is suitable for uh, for this kind of uh, of uh, water depth. And uh, Professor, when you do like a floating foundation, like you're talking about, because of our exposure to earthquakes in this country, is very volatile in that regard. Would is that a significant concern? Do you think? I think uh, I think uh, uh, the main the main concern will be having obviously a fault running through. And yeah. So there will be you will have to do really uh, site specific analysis yeah. uh, for for the design of uh, such important structure. But uh, the fact that the, the structure will also be highly flexible yeah. uh, means they will be able to accommodate uh, large displacement as well. Okay, okay. So, Professor, pr- Professor could, could I ask, do you know, and I, I'm, I'm presuming we've had one text saying there's something similar apparently in Norway, these floating bridges or floating tunnels, are they used in many other parts of the world? Uh, there is, um, I mean, there is uh, in Seattle on uh, over the Lake Washington. Uh, there is uh, a, a floating uh, a floating bridge. Yeah. Obviously, the lake, uh, the condition of the lake are totally different. But there are examples overseas, and there is a lot of uh, also a lot of research going on. So. Certainly, certainly the, the the condition of New Zealand are more challenging, but there are examples. So the bridge I'm mentioning is the Evergreen Point Floating Bridge. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and there is a new design um, which is going to be finished. Uh, uh, I, don't know, I don't know exactly the date, but uh, but if not this year, next year, is the first light rail lane line on a floating bridge as well, again in Seattle. 
Wow. So there are examples. Yeah. Very interesting. And Professor, this may seem like an exceptionally naive question. If it is, don't answer it. But <laughs> how, what's, what sort of thickness is the, the concrete wall, if you like, for the tunnel? You know, like how, how thick does it have to be to withstand the pressure 100 metres deep? The, if we if we do, you know, the the if it were floating tunnel, it will be probably it could even be designed in a way that is pretty much uh, floating, pretty much close to the surface of the ah, of, the, so of the water. Oh, uh, yeah. yep. that is one option. We would, which uh, with uh, big, um, with long uh, anchors to the ground looks like it will look like a caterpillar if you wish. Yep. Yeah, 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 long, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With long legs. Um, in that case, the pressure is not a big deal. Obviously, there will be other challenges. And uh, as you know, this is, when you design a bridge like that, it's called Archimedes Bridge. So it, it uses the buoyancy force uh, induced by the fact that the, the part of the body is immersed in the water. Right. Yeah. And um, because the pressure is not extremely high, I think that even the thickness of the of the tunnel will not be extremely huge. Now, one thing I want also to mention is that obviously the 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 choice of the material is extremely important because when we build those big uh, big structures, we need to be able to maintain the structures. Oh, yeah. and being in a ma- ma- marine environment is going to be even more challenging. Marine environment, yeah, but yeah. There are ma- there are materials like such as ultra high performance concrete uh, materials, yeah. so, uh, cementitious material, that can reach up to 250 megapascals, so huge like steel, yep. and they yeah. have extremely high durability. So there, there are materials available that can be adopted for those kind of uh, solutions. So Very, yeah, very interesting. Cool. Professor, great to get your knowledge and expertise. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much.